0: You've logged on to Chris Stewart Online, the official podcast of Alabama broadcaster Chris Stewart. This podcast is brought to you by Townsend Honda, Skyland Boulevard in Tuscaloosa, and online at TownsendHonda.com. Andrews Sports Medicine, orthopedic care for all in the relentless pursuit of victory over injury. Mobley and Sons, a fine gentleman's clothier in Tuscaloosa. Christopher Mobley, Luxury Game Day Apparel, redefined. KS Services, Heating and Air, Alabama's most trusted heating, cooling, and plumbing company. And by the Alabama Crimson Tide Fan Card, the only prepaid fan card for Alabama fans. Online at MyFanCard.com. From the Crimson Tide to Birmingham High School football and everything else in the state of Alabama
1: and sports, it's Chris Stewart Online. Excited to have a couple of great guests on the show this week, an opportunity to hear an interview that we did on the radio show that I co-host with Mike Grace and J.D. Byers. It's called The Press Box and play-by-play voice of the fightin' Texas Aggies, Andrew Monaco, Kind enough to spend a few minutes with us. That, of course, is who Alabama's taking on this weekend. And also, a uh, an interview that I did with my broadcast partner, uh, one of my broadcast partners on the Crimson Tide Sports Network, Rashad Johnson, of course, does a great job roaming the sidelines for us and giving its fantastic perspective, not only from down on the field, but as a guy who has seen the game at the highest level collegiately, the National Football League, but... Most importantly, I think, for what we do with Crimson Tide Sports Network, he's played, he's worn the Crimson helmet, he did so for Nick Saban. He was a major part, along with John Parker Wilson and those guys who were there when Coach Saban took over, went through the the struggles of the first year, the great success in year two, and even though John Parker and Rashad were gone by year three when the national championship was won, they did such a phenomenal job of laying the foundation for what Alabama is enjoying even still today. So a great appreciation for those guys and conversation with Rashad is coming up in just a few minutes. But first the uh, the talk I had with Andrew Monaco as the tide comes into this matchup in the 14th all-time meeting between the two programs. Bama has won 8 in a row 52-24 the victory last year in Tuscaloosa and Again, not since Johnny Football was uh, doing some amazing things on the field in Tuscaloosa against Alabama have the Aggies been able to post a victory against the Crimson Tide. Jimbo Fisher, obviously 0-4 all-time against Alabama. Three of those coming at Texas A&M. You recall the one in his final season at Florida State back in 2017 as well. But a great opportunity to visit with Andrew Monaco about not only the uh, the game itself, but I guess maybe what it means potentially for Texas A&M.
2: Oh, it's uh, spectacularly huge. It will be a sold-out Kyle Field on Saturday as top-ranked Alabama comes in. And, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, Aggies haven't held up their part of the bargain, unfortunately. Thought we could have two undefeated teams uh, and thought we could have two long winning streaks coming into this one. Um, but Alabama's held up its its end of the bargain. Uh, but the Aggies come in three and two and off uh, consecutive SEC losses. They're looking to find their way, and Alabama is not the team that you want. It's not one of those make right games, <laughs> that's for sure. But we'll see if they can keep continue to uh, make that progression that they have under Jimbo Fisher now in year four.
1: Yeah, Andrew, it's um, it's the type of deal I think that almost any team would encounter when you when you spend as much time in the in the offseason and preseason as you do with a starting quarterback and a clear-cut starter, and then you lose him in game one, anybody's going to be reeling with that, especially when you play in this league. So give us some, some, beyond the obvious, give us some tangible things that you point to when you lose a guy like Haynes King as the starter.
2: you know what, honestly, maybe the biggest thing is the leadership and that's not a shot at Zach Calzada whatsoever. Haynes King is the, you know, son of a, of a Texas high school coach who wins a state championship. There's the it factor, whatever that may be the the it. And, you know, when a team does that, they rally around you in the spring and then they rally around you in the fall. And yes, it was a competition. Uh, and it's, and Jimbo's correct here. It's not like, uh, It's not like Zach lost it and Haynes was, you know, the survivor because it was bad. They kind of elevated each other's game, but then Zach had to learn all of that. You know, Zach didn't take a snap last year. That was Haynes King who was the backup to, to Kellen Mond. They've both seen how Kellen has been coached, but it's different when you're on that sideline watching Kellen being coached. And then you've got Jimbo behind your right shoulder every day in practice asking you why, 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 um, Haynes with more of the athleticism, um, and you could have a little bit different play selection uh, for him. Doesn't have the arm of Zach Calzada, has more of the athleticism than Zach Calzada, Zach more of the pocket presence, throws the ball probably better than Haynes, although Haynes can throw it. I'm also convinced of this. There is no better position in football than the backup quarterback who never takes a snap because the moment you take yeah. the snap, the next backup is now the best position to be in. Uh, you know, right. for everybody was calling for Zach to be the quarterback here at Texas A&M. Now it's Blake boast. And now everybody wants to see Blake boast. Zach's going to be fine. Uh, he's got the, the trust of this team, uh, but it, it hurts. You know, you do, you, you build around everything in, in Haynes King and all of a sudden that all changes in the second series uh, against Colorado, second game of the year and, and everything has to change. Um, And we don't know. Look, we don't know what Haynes would have done in the first two weeks of the SEC season, how he would have been in Arlington against Arkansas or how he would have been. It would have been nice because that would have been, you know, he would have gone through that um, non-conference and into conference play. He would have had that under his belt. But now it's Zach Calzada. And and this is this is the guy that has to to lead Texas A&M this weekend and then for some weeks now, because Haynes is going to be sidelined for a little while because of the broken ankle.
0: We, will y'all stop saying calzada? I keep getting hungry, and I don't need to eat Italian food this early in the morning.
1: You're thinking calzone?
0: That's it, G- uh, oh, Costanza. Go get me another calzada. Um, <laughs> That's it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you guys crack me that, up.
0: <laughs> that calzada place down in the corner. <laughs> uh, but seriously, from a fan perspective, we're with Andrew Monaco here in the press box on a Thursday, voice of the Texas Santa Maggies. You know, whether you run through a season undefeated or you have two losses going into it. Not for Jimbo Fisher, but for Aggie Nation. Is this still the replacement on any given year? If you can knock off Alabama, that alone is the season maker and maybe even the watershed moment for a Jimbo Fisher if this can
2: happen? Uh, <laughs> I'm hesitating here because if the Aggies beat Alabama, well, obviously if you beat Alabama on Saturday, you're not going to lose the rest of the way. I totally get yeah. it. But what if you do? And that's what Jimbo has said. If you what what game before the season started, what one game are you willing to lose? Everybody says that. Well, if you go if you go 11 and one, what one is that? Um, He's never you know, you guys know Jimbo well enough to know that the most important game is the next game. And everybody says, yeah, that's a cliche. All through the offseason, it was, man, we can't wait for October 9th. Oh, that matchup with Alabama, October 9th. And, And in my mind, I'm going, you guys are forgetting September 4th. 11th 18th 25th october 2nd that's the way jimbo fisher is that's why alabama is so good that's why it's been a spectacular run because they don't take the eye off what's important and that's the next play what jimbo fisher wants to do here is what nick saban has done in alabama do the ordinary things spectacularly (laughs) there's no secret message it's not like there's some some voodoo here under alabama it's you do that. Look, there's outstanding talent. It's the way he recruits, and it's every single year, and that's what Jimbo wants. So if you beat Alabama and then lose to Missouri the next week, what is that win? You know what I mean? And, and if this is a team that's looking forward to October 9th and, and stumbled the previous two weeks, what does that say about your team? You're not there yet. So, yeah, but everybody, look, everybody circled this one. There's a reason why CBS picked this game for the for the second game of, of their doubleheader. That's that's for sure. But for what Jimbo is is trying to build, no, for the fans, absolutely. I, and, and I and I don't mean to talk around this, but there's there's two answers here. For the for the fans, absolutely, this place will go nuts on Saturday. They'll they'll storm the field like they did against LSU three years ago if that's the case. But then Jimbo will have have them on Monday saying, okay, here's what's next. The fans, it'll be a spectacular high, the recruits and and all like that. But what you want to build is you want to build that consistency that, you know, every opponent is faceless, as, as Jimbo tells me every week. And look, try as you might, you'd like to say that these these players know who they are playing on Saturday. They want to gauge. They want to see where they are. They want that win on Saturday. But when you're building the program, you can't get too high. You can't get too low. And the Aggies have kind of faced both of that this week. They. The the Colorado win was was important for them because they found a way to win when they didn't have their best. And in the last two weeks, they've had chances, but they haven't found that way to win. So you don't get too high after Colorado. And obviously, you try not to get too low after these two, or Alabama's going to smoke them on Saturday.
1: You know, Andrew, you bring up a great point that I I really had not thought much about. But for Texas A&M and Georgia, both, I think, coming into this year, those were the two that many felt, most felt, would would have the best chance at rivaling Alabama. Or not chance, they, they really felt those were the two that would challenge Alabama for the top spot again. And, and the the biggest challenge, maybe for both of those, is to not look ahead to the matchup. At least Texas A&M could point to a tangible game on the calendar. You knew the date, you knew when you are going to play. What you couldn't forecast was losing your starting quarterback uh, and and how that was going to make things more difficult before you ever got to Alabama. Georgia, on the other side, maybe had the more experienced backup, so when they didn't have JT Daniels available, they could more than weather the storm. They could keep rolling right along, but also knew that they had to take care of business every week just to get a chance at Alabama. So I I think those may be the different dynamics – even though the end result for both teams were were hopeful of the same, which is get a matchup with Bama and win that one, obviously.
2: Yeah, and it's the burden of expectations because the expectations changed after the Orange Bowl for Texas AM. and Look, when Jimbo got here, he said it ain't going to be like it used to be. And after the Orange Bowl, he said, look, we ain't done yet. And and that the recruiting in the offseason reflected that. And the recruits that he's going to get in this offseason, the talent – for Texas A&M, the talent gap is is closing. They're winning the recruiting battles with Alabama and Georgia and Clemson on that battle when they were winning the recruiting battles with Big Twelve schools in the past. But that's who they had to out recruit before they came to the SEC. But if you don't have the SEC talent, you don't you don't have a chance. But the expectations change, and with that burden comes oh, you know what? Wasn't it fun to be The underdog and beat florida last year at kyle field you're no longer the underdog because that number next to your name once that number next to your school gets lower and lower everybody can make their season against you so you better be ready to take everybody's best shot the difference between this year and last year is i thought last year's team learned how learned how important monday through friday was to be ready for saturday i'm not saying this team doesn't know how to practice or prepare. But I think that's been missing. I think they've allowed some days to get away from them and not be better. I think they're learning how to practice better. And that's what comes with some of the younger guys. The old, older guys, you know, are part of your, your culture as well when it comes to that. I can point to all the injuries for this team. I can point to not having a Luke Matthews at center because he just had surgery. Uh, it stinks that a Miles Jones, who came back for his fifth season. Uh, he had surgery on a, on a foot and his backup is now out, but you know what? True freshman Tyreek Chappelle, he's the starting cornerback, and it's next man up. That's what you got to do. Bryce Foster. It's going to be his sixth game at center. The highly touted recruit coming out of, you know, Katie, Texas. Jimbo talks about opportunities. This is now the opportunity for all these guys. I, I joked yesterday on, on SEC radio using the old Rick Patino line. Hey, Luke Matthews isn't coming through that door. Miles Jones isn't coming through that door. It's your job. This is who we have. Patino said it in a very different way. But Jimbo says, look, this is, this is now the opportunities for these guys. You go forward. It can't be the excuse. Are you going to take that step? And can we look years down the line and say, wow, thrust it?' You know, very similar to Isaiah Spiller two years ago when Jay Sean Corbin tore his hamstring. He was the next, he was the next back as a, as a freshman. He had to be the one to carry the ball. The difference for this year is they're way deeper now. That if something were to happen, they can go. They don't have to move a guy from another position into that. That recruiting depth um, for Jimbo. He's unfortunately had to use it. But I, to me, it's still the expectations. That team didn't did them no favors last year, leaving them at nine and one. But I don't think they've uh, done the same things that they've done last year for the Saturday for the preparation to be to be ready and and sometimes it's they have more talent than they have are they are have they done enough themselves to say i've got to be in this position because everybody's they have to realize even now at three and two everybody wants to take their best shot and if they think nick saban is going to look past them because well the aggies have lost the last two they have seriously mistaken a nick saban jimbo's reminding him uh reminding them believe me but that's the beauty of Alabama. Going in, everybody takes the best shot against the Crimson Tide, game after game. And people may not like it; fans may not like that Alabama's there every single year when it comes to the playoff. We'll then change it, like Jimbo said. You want to go to that? You want to go to the college football playoff? They're not going to allow you to sit in one of those four chairs. You have to go wrestle that chair away <laughs> from from a team, and that's what Alabama does. Alabama's not going to give up that chair very easily. And he ta- he Jimbo just talks about the culture that Nick has built. He talks about the talent that he does, how he recruits that off season go into the preparation in the spring and the fall. He said they just they take full advantage of everything, but he goes, think think about it. They just do the ordinary things better than everyone else, and they do it consistently. And that's the that's been the key, the consistency. I think it's been spectacular in Alabama's end. And I'm seeing it getting better here at Texas AM. Believe me, Jimbo's the right guy, and he's got this thing pointed in the right direction.
1: Andrew Monaco's the voice of the Aggies talking with us about Saturday's matchup at Kyle Field between Alabama and Texas A&M in the minute or so we've got left. We talk offense, we know what the limitations are. I think you're so much better defensively than what Alabama faced a week ago, though. Can you put enough pressure on Bryce Young to really cause problems for Alabama?
2: And that really is what they have to do. Uh, if they don't get pressure, he's going to be able to sit there. That's what Will Rogers was able to do. But I think that's the strength of this D. Uh, can you get a DeMarvin Leal? Can you get a Michael Clemens who came back for his fifth year? Can you get Tyree Johnson uh, that pressure? Interior, the Jaden Peavy, another fifth-year guy, and McKinley Jackson. If they can get that pressure, uh you know, they're going to have they're going to have enough talent on the back end. They they've got that, uh, and that coverage will will lead to sacks. But can that can they get that pressure? Coverage equals sacks, and pressure equal equals picks. Right? That pressure, if they can take that the next step, they're going to have to get that if they're going to have any success. You'll like this defense though. Big, strong, stout, some speed, uh, and a fourth year under Mike Elko I think has done wonders as well.
1: Really appreciate Andrew spending time with us again uh, in the Press Box, which you can hear weekdays around the state of Alabama and also online at Press Box Radio 1. Uh, that's where you'll you'll find our show each day, two hours from uh, 7 to 9, live, and then tape delayed, on markets or in markets throughout the state, but available on that continuous loop uh, at PressBoxRadio1.com as well. But uh, also... Uh, An opportunity for me on the podcast this week to visit with Rashad Johnson. Again, a great player out of Sullivan High School. A running back as a walk-on, originally at the University of Alabama, who would finish not only as an SEC Western Division champion, but an All-American and a captain for the Crimson Tide as well. And then a lengthy career in the National Football League Now joining us on the Crimson Tide Sports Network, phenomenal job as the analyst from the sidelines, and we had a chance to have Rashad on the podcast this week and so glad we have the opportunity to do so.
3: doesn't look, you know, as appeasing to the fans and to, you know, the public watching it, you know, coming in because of, you know, the losses that Texas A&M has faced. Um, But we all know, you know, Jimbo, um, Coach Fisher uh, being a coach under Coach Saban, um, how close this game could be ultimately and then the fact of it being i think a late game as well you know sometimes that can be a trap and then coming off a big game and a big win man played so well um you, you would hate to have a letdown um and let this texas A&M team you know stay kind of close with it because they do have some playmakers even though they've lost you know a couple games
1: uh, and there is something to be said for the, the wounded animal isn't there i mean having
3: dropped two in a row yeah, yeah, there is definitely um, having dropped two in a row. You know, wounded it on its way out. Um, so so it could easily you know go the way that we think it's gonna go. The tie could go in and definitely continue to roll. And you know that's what I'm expecting. Um, you know, as a young group, as we have, you know, we're still playing such uh, veteran football. You know, when I say young, some of the key positions like you know the quarterback position, some of my wide receivers. But I mean, it's just phenomenal to watch these guys play week in and week out.
1: You know, one of the things to me that's so ridiculously impressive, and you can go through any type of list, any length list you want to, and talk about things about Coach Sabin and, and what he's done that are impressive, but the fact that he's able to find different ways to motivate, different ways to get guys or teams to rally. And in, in the case of this one, it, it seems like the approach is – take the other side out of their game from the get go. I know I know this is not as good a team yet for Alabama over the course of four quarters as last year's was, but out of the gate this one this one's doing some pretty special things, aren't they?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they are some fast starters. I I, I wouldn't want to see them in a 40, you know, or or hard 60. Um but like you said, you know, this team has its own identity. Um they come out fast. Um they come out with their keys on point and it just seems like like, like they're very detailed in those moments. Um, but like you said, there's been some lows, there's been some times to where they're kinda of taking their foot off the gas as, as they had the lead. Um, but they've been able to kinda of tap back in and, and ultimately finish those games kinda of like in Florida. Um, you know, and then, you know, kind of the game in, in Miami in the second the third quarter, kinda of letting up but then going out and finishing later in the fourth. So I mean, it's been a special group to watch uh, them build their own identity, and then last week putting it all together for four quarters. I know that he'd like to see them finish it better. Um, but man, that was that was as close to sixty minutes uh, football that that you could get.
1: Rashad Johnson, our guest, of course, the former Alabama captain, uh, a colleague with the Crimson Tide Sports Network, and most importantly, my friend. Uh, great to have him to uh, to join us. Let's let's talk about the quarterback because I. Is Bryce Young where you thought he was going to be, or is he ahead of schedule?
3: He is a, he is a long way ahead. Of, I ain't going to say a long way. He is ahead of schedule. I mean, you come into it, I mean, he's a young guy, a sophomore, limited time last year. And just your first year starting, you know, overall, big stage in in, uh, in Atlanta, and then travel on the road to Florida. Then an old Miss team who scored a ton of points last year that you're kind of thinking about, I got to go out and do the same thing for us to win. Um, he's been calm, cool and collective. Uh, he's been back there and, you know, just watching him that first game, uh, the way he used the play clock, you know, he, he used the, the fake snap count to, to, to read the blitzes and knowing they're in zone. Um, you know, just watching him operate is, is, is very special. And then last week seeing him use his legs a little more than, than what we've gotten used to. Uh, he's definitely ahead of schedule, um, and and we're lucky to have him, man, because he's definitely a key factor in our success. I know the guys around him are playing great and doing a lot of things to protect him, um, but it's easy to see how special he is.
1: This may come across as a shot at Tua, and it's not what I'm taking, Uh, but I think you'll follow the route I'm going with this. Tua was so good, still is, so athletic, that sometimes he extended plays that only he could make, and at times even he couldn't make them, which is why the injuries probably occurred that, that have occurred to him so far. How much of an advantage was it for Bryce Young's development that he played behind Mac Jones rather than Tua in that he learned how to maybe not try to do too much but take just what is there for you to take?
3: Hmm, that's a really good uh, analysis there. Uh, I love the way, you know, that you framed it and put it. Cause like you said, like two of, uh, and a lot of us athletes, you know, our, our greatest gift is our curse. You know, um, we, we use it so much. Like you said, he's so gifted, so talented. I can make every play. I um, mean, he, he realistically can. And sometimes uh, that realistically can't happen. Um, so like you said, it, it was a gift in a curse form. And then, like, with Bryce's situation, um, Mac, you know, not as athleticism, um, to scramble out of the pocket. Um, but a different gift, you know, a gift of the brain, um, that is very special. Um, and then you see that in Bryce as well. He, he has a little bit of both. He has the athleticism with the brain. And I think, you know, he, he got an opportunity, like you said, to play behind Mac last year and obviously see Jalen and see Tua because he was visiting and coming in. Um, and I'm sure he, he molded and modeled and, and watched those guys as any, you know, young quarterback of his caliber had to do to be as special as he is now. Um, and he's taken those tools from all three of them. Um, and, and like you said, especially with Mac showing you, the ability to do it from the pocket, making decisions pre snap and posting those you know, safe rotations. Um, and, and Bryce does it, man, so special. And Mac has had tremendous success at the next level so far, you know, with that skill set of understanding defenses and, and diagnosing them with his brain and not allowing his athleticism to take him out of out of the range of the game. And, and Bryce did that very well.
1: You came to Alabama as a walk on running back. If you were in Tuscaloosa right now, you may be back playing that spot at least. You know, nobody's going to feel sorry. <laughs> nobody's going to feel sorry for the Tide when you consider that the three running backs they do have that are on scholarship are all guys that anybody in the country would want to have. That being said, they're down to three, and they're kind of they're taking auditions right now. How unusual is that, and how is that being managed?
3: Yeah, yeah, uh, man, I, I don't know if I could play running back, you know, with that group. I know you, you said that I could, you know, but I, I think I would definitely still have to transition to that safety position. It's a little bit, a little bit too physical on that side. Um, but man, it's it, it's definitely you know uh, a tough situation when when you use a lose a guy like like Jay um for, you know, a, a long period of time. I mean, like you said, down to, you know, only three. Um, But I think that's, you know, better than what we used to, how we used to play the game. It was usually, you know, a, a one punch, a one hitter, and a one-two. But now the game is sprinkled out. And I think, you know, early on these guys have gotten steps You know, Roy L. Williams has gotten snapped early in the season. Um The ball was on the ground a couple times, but he's had an opportunity to recover from that. The Southern Miss game was a big game for him. Um, and then Trey Sanders, we all know his, his, his ability and we've all been waiting to see him play. Um, and it looks like now is going to be that time, you know, and he's had an opportunity to get healthy from the teams this offseason. So I think, you know, with these three guys, we still have, you know, a tremendous, uh, opportunity, you know, and then Brian Robinson, we saw what he can do when he's healthy last week. I mean, just running through defenders and, and by the fourth quarter, you just say, I don't want anymore. Like coach, yeah. I don't want any mo. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's so
1: good. So yeah, good. I don't
3: want it. yeah, man. So we got a good group. I think we're gonna be okay.
1: Well, oh, we want a lot mo, but I promise ten minutes. So I'm gonna go one more thing and get away from this oh, silly good. we're gonna get away from this silly <laughs> offensive talk and let's let's go defensive side. Some young guys in some key spots, but specifically in the secondary. What do you see and what stands out to you and what do you like best, I guess, right now from that group? Yeah.
3: Yeah, man. Um, you know, I, I love the versatility, you know, of our group. Um, uh, obviously, you know, at the corner position, we're kind of setting our guys there, you know, Josh Joe and, and Jalen Armadavis. Um, but when you look around at this safety nickel, uh, position, it, it's kind of flowing all, all around with, uh, Malachi Moore playing some safety. Then he's playing some nickel. Then we got Brian Branch playing some safety. Then he's playing some nickel. Then you see Jordan Battle coming down on the slot playing some man. Um, and you'll come down and you see DeMarco Helm's doing the same. Um, and when you got a lot of guys in the secondary moving around like that, you know, bringing pressure, coming in cover to fly, it makes it really hard, you know, for a quarterback to diagnose, you know, who's going to be that guy that's going to be blitzing. You know, if it's the same guy all the time, you can go into the game plan saying, hey, nine's the blitzer. So any time he's within, you know, five or six yards of the line of scrimmage, we're going to assume he's coming so we can go ahead and read hot off of him. But with us bringing those multiples and having that, uh, that diverse skill set back there with so many guys, man, I'm really impressed and I'm loving what we're doing, uh, in the avenue. And I think we have some really big plays, you know, here in the past couple weeks, Jordan battle played tremendous on um, this past week. And uh, DeMarco Helms has been a hammer, uh, in the secondary, you know, and making plays on the ball as well. So I've been enjoying really watching those guys do it. Uh, and sometimes you, you know, with Malachi and, uh, and Brian Branch, you know, the competition there, but you still see the brotherhood there. Um, so I, I love everything I'm seeing out of that group and their diversity.
1: I really appreciate Rashad spending some time with me on the podcast. He is such a great teammate. Obviously, he was when he played at the University of Alabama, but uh, talking about what we do on the radio side of things, he and John Parker and Eli and Tom Stite, Butch Owens, the guys that I, I work with on site, absolutely fantastic. And of course, Jerry Kelly is the one you don't hear enough about, but Jerry and I have worked together for more than 20 years on baseball, and, of course, he's such a huge part of what we do on football. Even though you never hear his voice, nothing that, that transpires um, happens without him. He and Tom Stipe are really uh, the guys that, that make what we do on air go and so grateful to them. And Brian Houseworth has been a great a great uh, teammate, for a number of years as well, and Roger Hoover, who I, I can't leave out. Roger does a great job on the pre and post game stuff as well, and, and so many different elements that make the game day experience enjoyable with uh, the production work that he does, in addition to his hosting role as well. So appreciate all those guys, and glad we could bring you a little bit of a conversation with Rashad Johnson on the show this week. Again, our pregame coverage will start at 4 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, Roger will get things going, and uh, he'll be joined post-game by my buddy Tyler Watts, who, of course, has been with us for so many years as well after his career at the University of Alabama. And then um, Eli and myself, along with JP and Rashad, will get you going from the stadium as the Tide and the Aggies kick off at Kyle Field. 7 o'clock start. It'll be televised by CBS. Radio coverage, again, starting at 4 o'clock. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. I'll talk to you next week. Roll Tide, everybody. You've logged
0: on to Chris Stewart Online, the official podcast of Alabama broadcaster Chris Stewart. This podcast is brought to you by Townsend Honda, Skyland Boulevard in Tuscaloosa, and online at TownsendHonda.com. Andrews Sports Medicine, orthopedic care for all in the relentless pursuit of victory over injury. Mobley and Sons, a fine gentleman's clothier in Tuscaloosa. Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel, redefined. KS Services Heating and Air, Alabama's most trusted heating, cooling, and plumbing company. And by the Alabama Crimson Tide Fan Card, the only prepaid fan card for Alabama fans. Online at MyFanCard.com. From the Crimson Tide to Birmingham High School football and everything else in the state of Alabama and sports, it's Chris Stewart Online.